Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. Jess, we had quite the performer that we uh, met today. We sure did. We had Stephen Kalakos from the class of 08. Same year as me. Yeah. So you seem to know each other almost like crossing in the halls. Like I don't like we I don't we weren't like friendly in college or anything. Yeah. But I feel like we've crossed paths. Like I feel like our friends might have been friends. Like we've crossed paths, but they never actually like were the same path. You know what I mean? You want to talk about those kind of parties or no? We're not doing that on this. What party? Yeah, I never went to a party. Okay, I don't yeah, because your you're parents are listening, right? No. Anyway, so <laughs> Stephen Stephen actually started out in education, wanted to be an ed, ed major, and 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 was. Going down that path because that's what his family trajectory was yep. with the whole history that he had with his family. Yeah, he has a, a legacy family, um, lots of lots of Vineland educators, lots of family in Vineland, and then lots of Rowan and Glassboro State alums. So we we always love a legacy family But connection. then there was a twist, and you'll have to listen to it in today's yeah. show. Yeah, you'll have to find out more. Listen up. So, Stephen, where are you coming to us today from? Naples, Florida. Okay, tell us a little bit about Naples. Where is it? Because I am terrible with geography and don't know yeah, where that falls so in the state. <laughs> I had no idea where Naples was on the map before my wife and I moved down here. It's really far south in southwest Florida. So if you can envision Florida, it's really like the bottom left area, right north of Marco Island. Key West is about four and a half hours from here if you, if you want to drive. That's not bad. I've, my sister was just in uh, Key West last week, and I've been in Key West. You ever been in Key West? No. No? No. You, I, you would like it in really? Key West. Really? Yeah, there are no rules in Key West. There's, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. maybe we should go there. <laughs> it's a lot, very chill area, like a good amount of day drinking, live music. Well, now, see, you're going to give oh. a people the wrong impression of myself all of a sudden. <laughs> no, it's just like a very relaxed I enjoy vibe. a cocktail once in a while. Well, that's but. what I'm saying. Okay. Now, I, last year I did go, so this time last year after Easter, I did go to St. Petersburg, Tampa area. Okay. That's mm-hmm. phenomenal. So that's about two and a half hours north. And Look at him. He knows the whole state. He knows uh, where he is in relation to now. all the hot just, spots. He left New Jersey and said, let me get out of this slum. <laughs> Today, three years ago, I left New Jersey. Oh, okay. So let's dig into that then. If we're going to go there, Stephen, yeah. right away. Yeah. What What was the, the impetus for the move from Jersey down, down south? Ah, what a loaded question. Um, So I I was a public school teacher in Vineland for 11 years. And by the time I got to my last couple years of teaching, I thought to myself, I cannot see myself in a classroom traditionally for another 30 years. There's no way. And so um, my degrees uh, from Rowan were in elementary education and in, in theater. So I was looking for administrative jobs in New York, in Philly, in Jersey, Delaware, and in Florida. So what I was looking for was a director of education role. And um, Florida is where I ended up in uh, in Naples. So I'm, I'm the director of education at Gulf Shore Playhouse, which is 
the only full-time professional theater in Southwest Florida. Oh, so you really landed like the perfect mixture of education and theater. So that was probably exactly oh, what yeah. you were looking for. Yeah, it, 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 this, this position combines both of my, my loves of education and theater for sure. And we're building a, a brand new state-of-the-art Broadway-sized theater here in Naples. So we, uh, we're about halfway under construction. So we're slated this time next year to be able to walk in and get to learn the building. That's so cool. All right, let's rewind. So you're in Florida <laughs> now, but where did you grow up? How did you make your way to Rowan? Yep. So I grew up in Vineland, um, was born there, uh, lived there, uh, graduated from Vineland High School in, in uh, 2004. And my mother, her two sisters, my sister all went to Rowan. There's definitely a, a, a family tradition to graduate from Rowan University. Um, and I graduated in 2008. So when I was looking at colleges, I knew I was going to be a teacher. It was sort of a no-brainer to, to choose Rowan. Um, you know, it was only about a half hour away, but but I could still experience that on-campus life. And honestly, has, I mean, maybe this is biased, but I think the best um, school of education in the state of New Jersey. And I still, to this day, believe that. Um, the, 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 the quality of education that I got um, at Rowan um, I think about all the time when I'm when I'm teaching my students, when I'm directing. Um, it's definitely it was definitely the the right choice for me. So that's how I ended up at Rowan. And did you commute here, or since you were a local, or did you get the on campus experience? My parents gave me the ultimatum. They said, "If you stay at home, we'll buy you a new car." And I rather uh, I, I chose and would much rather have lived on campus. So I I chose to not have a brand new car. And wow, that's, that's a challenge years. for a young buck. Yeah. But yeah. also that independent, I mean, you can't buy that independence that, is true. that you could get in four years living on your own. So where'd you live? Freshman year, I lived in Magnolia. And then whereabouts? So freshman year, I was Chestnut. Okay. Where were you? I was commuting. Oh, really? Did you commute your all your years? All four years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I just lived here. People thought I lived <laughs> on campus. But, uh, you know, I found my way around. Where, what about um, sophomore year? Did you ever head to uh, the good old Mansion Park apartments? No, I lived on campus all four years. Okay. My sophomore year, I lived in Oak. Junior year, I did live in Mansion. Okay. I did. Yes, I did, because it doesn't exist anymore. No, now it's Holly Point. Right, yeah. That was great. I loved that apartment. And then I did live in the townhouses my, my senior year. I think we took a similar... So that's funny. I wonder if we lived by each other all years, because I was in Chestnut... Mansion, sophomore, and then junior year, I was in Oak, and then senior year, I was in townhouses. That's so weird. We were probably right by each other. But you were also super involved. What kinds of um, things were you involved on on campus? I mean, I played intramural volleyball, but the big thing that I did was um, part. I was part of pros, so the peer referral and orientation staff. Um, if I hadn't, if I hadn't joined pros, or just interviewed for it um, and was accepted. My, my whole college experience would have been so different. Um, majority of the, the, the core memories that I have from Rowan are because of pros. Can you tell for, um, for folks who aren't listening, can you tell what, what folks, uh, for folks who might not know what pros are, can you just describe sure. what they do? Yeah. So uh, I know it's, it's, it's um, been modified over the years for, for the good because of, of how, how large Rowan is growing. But um, at, at the time, um, it really was um, 
sort of like the, the, the liaisons for the, for the incoming freshmen, right? So we would essentially um, run orientation for incoming freshmen. And then during the year, we would meet with our orientation groups um, and just help them acclimate to, to, to the campus. And then of course, we would have our own meetings and events and, and um, trainings throughout the year to, again, to prepare for the summer. Now I forget, are there perks with that? Become well, a pro? Like, do you get like early registration and stuff like that? I do remember that. I, that was, that was definitely an, an incentive. I think that's why Chris is probably a pro. Wasn't he a pro? He was a pro. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris D'Angelo. Yeah. 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 We still keep in touch. Mm -hmm. So I, actually the thing I most remember about the pros is how often they sang baby shark. So I, right. I taught public school. I taught elementary, middle and high school in the span of 11 years. And when that song became mainstream, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is this the same song that we were? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, do you know Baby Shark? I do know Baby Shark. <laughs> I was going to ask somebody to sort of like fill in the listeners on the Baby Shark song. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Well, well, I would... well, I think it's a popular children's song at Maybe in post-production we can add it here. Yeah, but the pros used to sing it. Well, I, listen, much respect for the pros because they would get on stage in front of like, you know, really like peers and just mm -hmm. sing and dance and be vulnerable and like bless them for doing that because I was looking at the pros like oh my gosh I can't believe you're doing this I so just want to go in my dorm and shut the door can I ask how that fits into the the prof landscape like how does a shark and a prof get along like where is the overlap I guess there or was there wasn't right there is none okay all right I, don't know, I was missing something here with like a secret society but the no, pros were kind of like performers icebreaker and, and get the, the the incoming freshmen to to just participate in something really stupid and wild and crazy and that was it but baby shark was it so when you came into <laughs> Roa, do you come in and declared education major then you minored in theater or did you always have the theater bug in you no actually i came in oddly enough with um i, I think i wanted to, to go into business and then that changed really fast um and then i i went into or i, I declared history secondary ed and then I realized ah, I like history too much to actually study it this hard for four years. So I went to my advisor and and um, I was given all of the options for elementary ed. And I saw that there was a dual major um, for elementary education and for uh, theater child drama because education majors have to have two degrees, right? So you, you have to be highly qualified in a subject area. They don't offer, I don't think offers this um, degree anymore. So there are only a few of us that have this um, bachelor's in theater child drama with elementary education. So uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is this is a no brainer. You know, what? I, I love teaching elementary kids. Um, and of course, theater is is my passion. So so that was the route I took. I got to ask. So you have this thought to be in education. Obviously, you have a legacy family. So I'm assuming that that mom was it was in education as well. She was a special ed teacher for 28 years in Vineland. So then you just go and break your little heart and say, I'm out of this space or what, what happened here? Like, you know, I want to bounce mom. I don't want to be in the classroom anymore. Like how'd that go down? That was not an easy conversation to have. I will say, so um, I, I taught fourth grade for six years in, in Vine. Also all of my, all of the teachers in my family also teach in Vineland. So not only okay, is all right. the legacy family at Rowan, but also in the Vineland public schools district. Um, so I, uh, I taught elementary, I taught fourth grade for six years. I taught middle school math and STEM for three years. Because along the way, I, was, I got more certifications so that I could teach secondary ed. 
Um, and then I taught high school theater for two years at Vineland High School. And that last year was the COVID year. So, mm. uh, but I had already decided um, early on in 2019 that I, one was going to look for this, this exact position I was going to look for. Um, and I didn't know where it was going to be. So when I ended up coming down to Naples, it was the first time I had ever been here. I came with my wife as my second interview. And I don't know if you know anything about Naples, but it it is a very affluent area. I mean, there are many, not just millionaires that live here, there are billionaires that live here. I think the statistic is it has the second largest amount of millionaires per capita in the country. Wow. So it's like these second and third homes of these wealthy, wealthy people. So, you know, we're walking around like, where the, where the hell do the normal people live? I see where this theater is, you know, I have education in my title, so I know I'm not going to be living in these houses. <laughs> but but when I interviewed and I met the staff, um, it just felt right. And so the next day I was offered the job and I said, give me a week to figure this out. This was January of 2020. COVID was a distant thing. We knew about yeah. it. Technically, we didn't think it was here yet. So I remember calling my parents because I talked to my sister first, as we do before I talked to my mom. So then I <laughs> talked to my mom and there were a lot of tears. But at that point, she understood that I needed to move on, that, um, you know, I, I did my time in Vineland. I, I started my own theater company in Vineland with with a friend of mine who also went to Rowan University. Um, and, you know, there was I felt like there was nowhere for me to grow um, and God, I love those kids that I worked with in Vineland and the parents were ph phenomenal. Um, but I just needed to, to branch out. I needed something more. And, um, my wife was, was an advocate for me and, you know, we took a risk to come down here at the beginning of a pandemic, but uh, truthfully, I'm, I'm blessed that I ended up in Naples because where theaters were closing all over the country, yeah. you know, say what you want about Florida, but we you were open. open. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That yeah. is true. Stayed open. I mean, we were masked, but we stayed open. And, um, you know, I was able to, to, to keep my job. They laid off 90% of the company. I was the ninth person back. And now we're at a staff of 50 and we're hiring. Wow. wow, that's incredible. Tell us about your love of theater. When did it start? How did it start? My parents always took me to the theater. We would never go to New York, though. I mean, my dad's from Brooklyn, but anytime we went to New York, we'd go to Brooklyn or Long Island where, where his family is. Um, so we would always go see theater in Atlantic city or Philadelphia. So I always loved it. I loved singing. Well, obviously from baby shark and such, I mean, the baby shark thing took off. Well, <laughs> it was like, it this is great. Baby yeah, baby shark. Um, I started singing when I was 13, like, like, you know, um, actually going to a vocal coach and, and, and learning proper technique. Um, and then it wasn't until high school where I started performing on stage and then, uh, in college, I I didn't perform at Rowan. Rowan didn't really have a strong musical theater program. So I actually would travel back to Vineland to um, what is now Rowan College, but what was then Cumberland County College. And I would perform in the musicals at the college. So I would drive home multiple times a week to go to rehearsals. Um, and that's where I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about um, how to be a professional actor because the director of the program at Rowan College um, in Vineland uh, is a Broadway veteran. And so I learned a lot from her. Mm. And then my junior year at Rowan, 
I auditioned in New York for a reality show on NBC called Grease, You're the One That I Want. I remember that. It, That's how I must was, remember you. <laughs> we were like, yeah. we know that guy. <laughs> really? You saw the show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were just saying that. No, no, no. I mean, we knew he was in our class and that he was from here and he was going to be on this big show. Of course, you follow along. I mean, we're just peeling this onion. I don't know. I don't know Stephen from Adam. I know. I just know him from NBC. (laughs) Okay, that's good. Yeah. Think about it, right? Like at that time in 2000, I actually was in late 2006 and the show premiered on NBC in 2007. Like YouTube had just come out. Like we had just gotten Facebook. So like social media was not really a big thing. So um it, it to know people watched it it's really authentic because like they probably saw an ad on tv or you know heard it from somebody else um because i don't even remember posting like i think i was still po- po- putting up like away messages on aol at that point oh my god you know? my myspace is just myspace <laughs> yeah myspace was still a thing um so the the reality show was to find the the danny and sandy of the Um, most recent Broadway revival. So I ended up auditioning um, in New York for three days and then flying out to LA and uh, I ended up in the top 12 guys. I ended up being the youngest one left with no professional experience at all. Um, And so that experience proved that maybe I can do this. It's more than just a hobby. Maybe I can actually do this professionally. You have the Um, perfect Danny Zuko hair. Still got it. Yeah, still got it. All all these years later, you still got all his Danny Zuko hair. That's good. That's good stuff. What would be a dream role for you to play? I'm. I, you know what it is. I used to be able to answer this question really easily, but now I'm getting older, and so I'm aging <laughs> out of all those roles that I wish I could play. Well, you could be Hamilton. So, uh, no, I don't think I'm skilled enough to. Can okay. you rap? <laughs> yeah, you got to be able to rap. In Hamilton, they rap. Yes, you need to watch it. <sighs> And then you listen to it and brain. then see it. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Wait, listen, going back to history yeah. and loving it so much that you couldn't study it. If Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote a musical for every important part of history, I would be a genius because I know so much about that point in history just from that musical. So you're saying it'd be, mm-hmm. oh, I, I mean, she just laid this one up for you there, Stephen. You got to, can you, can you write, can you write something up? I mean, what, imagine if you were to put a series together of historical plays that you could put together. That's true. There's so, there's so many awesome stories. Well, I don't, I'm not sure I can even share this, but they're doing, I'll share it anyway. Uh, Maybe the Dean will get upset with me, but I, a little birdie told me that uh, this coming year, because Rowan University is getting ready to celebrate the big, the big hundo, as we say in the office. Well, maybe I just say I it. don't say okay. that. <laughs> just, yeah. I just say that. As the school begins to celebrate hundredth anniversary, I think they're doing uh, rent as the musical <gasps> next year. Oh, I love rent. I think I can say that. I think the dean would appreciate Rent's ticket a, sales. Have you that. seen ever seen rent? I've never seen the only play I've ever seen actually at the Forest Theater was uh, Les Mis back in the day, which I love. Jean Valjean. You know, Javert, I got <laughs> it all. I would say I would say I so I've I've played Marius before, but I think I'm at that point where I could probably play Jean Valjean. What were you in in <laughs> high school? What were some of the productions you were in in high school? Were those like your glory theater days? Ooh, I mean, core memories for sure. My first musical ever was in high school. It was my sophomore year of high school. I was a tap dancing cowboy in Crazy For You. My name was Wyatt the Cowboy. My junior year, pop. I played an old man in the pajama game. And then that. my senior year... I finally figured it out. I finally figured out how to sing properly for the stage. And uh, 
that that ended up being uh, Greece. So that was my first time playing playing Danny Zuko. All right, see, look at this. All right, now we know where it's coming from. So to say you didn't have any professional experience playing Danny's, (laughs) that was a little bit of a lie. I know, yeah. You're playing playing rope-a-dope over here. So we have to ask, because you've mentioned uh, your wife, but is she also in the acting world or no? No. <laughs> that was a st- that was a very like no, she's no, no, not. No, no. Okay, so what if what if she got herself up to in Naples if you don't mind us asking? What's her name? We should call her by name. Her name is Marina. Marina? Yes, and we got married in 2018. Big fat Greek wedding in Philadelphia. Nice. Awesome. Did you bring the Windex? Uh no Windex. Okay. No You've never seen that movie either. So I, Rob, I, you're I, the worst. I don't want to come to the third one. Are they really? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Cher in the first one? Cher? Yeah. No. Okay. No, you're okay. thinking of Mamma Mia, and that was the second one. Okay. There we go. I know it was on somewhere around there. I don't know. Sorry. Rob. Uh, no, but so there was Windex at your wedding? Go ahead. Oh, no. no Windex. Okay. Back to Marina. Back to the wedding to Marina in 2018. Yeah. The big fat Greek wedding. Big fat Greek wedding. Um, so actually, Marina is uh, she's a uh, I would say a, an events manager. So she plans events internationally, nationally, and internationally. So she's incredibly talented. She she kicks ass behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I get that. But you have a very unique proposal story. I read I read up on the the interwebs. I did my research. What are you on some like dark website that you're reading about, Stephen? <laughs> no, but I did my no. research. Tell us the story. It's a good one. It's okay. It's pretty public. The Daily Journal in Violin posted it. So they oh, did no. your of research. Course, of course, the Daily Journal. Yeah, they're like he's like a local celebrity. <laughs> of course, they followed his engagement. <laughs> I was also published about in the Buna Times. I think one time. <laughs> oh whoa! Yeah, <laughs> big deal. I was directing uh, the middle school. Uh, drama club in Vineland and I was taking 40 middle school kids down to Disney World uh, to perform on stage uh, in what was downtown Disney now is Disney Springs Um, like a 20 minute rendition of Beauty and the Beast because that was the show that we were performing that year Um, and Maureen and I actually worked in Disney World together for a summer that's not how we met Um, but we we both she uh, worked in the Disney College program after she graduated college I was a teacher, so I wasn't working in the summer. Um, And so Disney was always, and also Disney World was like our first vacation together when we first started dating. So we always had sort of like a connection to Disney. I wouldn't say that we're like Disney people, but we enjoy going mostly for the food and the drink. But Mm -hmm. um, when I was down there, I, when planning with the kids, decided, you know, while we're down here and I have 40 kids with me, why don't I plan a proposal as well? So she came with me and um, I had her parents fly down. Uh, My parents were already there. And then I actually had um, a lot of her friends fly down. So um, I proposed to her on the beach at the Polynesian. She had no idea what was happening. She was with a friend. I gave her friend a letter with a map to tell her where to go. And then I was there with a photographer hiding in the bushes. And, (laughs) you know, I'm dressed up with a blazer and she's wearing like a Mickey Mouse sweater and uh, proposed and then ended up going downtown um, to Disney Springs where all the kids were and their chaperones and all of our families were there. And um, that was sort of like a second surprise for her. Are you tearing up over here? I just love Disney and children (laughs) and love (laughs) so many good things to. One could say it was magical. 
Yeah, there you go. So tell us about the Gulf Shore Playhouse. Like what, tell us more about like who who shows up, everything that's involved. So right now we, so the the company is about 19 years old. Um, So the founder and the CEO is also the producing artistic director. So I report to her. Uh, her name is Kristen Corey, and uh, in the three years that I've worked here, I've I've learned so much from her. Um, just in the fact that she can produce, uh, you know, our main stage season, um, of course, with with all of our staff, but she's really leading the charge here. And then also build a building and having to go to City Hall and you know fight the good fight against people who don't want change down here. Uh, one thing you should know about Naples, and this is a fun fact. Um, about 30 years ago, the average home buyer in Naples was 74 years old. Mm. Wow. Well, you said and a lot of rich people live there, so they had saved their whole lives to move there. A lot of rich people. They used to call it um, like uh, Heaven's Gate because people would just retire here and then die here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds glorious. <laughs> but now through the pandemic, so many people, were, like I think a thousand people were moving to Florida a day. And uh, now the average home buyer is in the low 50s. So like 53, 54 years old. So a lot of families have been moving here. So our demographics certainly are changing. And I've seen that since I moved here in 2020. Um, so the, the Playhouse typically has a demographic of older people who come to see our shows, mostly plays, um, a couple musicals. Um, but once we open up our brand new theater, so, so it's still Gulfshire Playhouse, but it's the Baker Theater and Education Center. And I'll tell you, there aren't a lot of professional theaters in the country that have education center in their title. So it's exciting for me because I'm going to have, not have, but I'll be in charge of a whole wing in the theater um, that's dedicated just for education. So there's going to be classrooms, there's going to be rehearsal spaces, um, our own separate entrance and elevator to get up to our education wing. Um, so it's going to allow me to sort of flex my muscles in, in the sense that um, I can offer more classes throughout the day and not necessarily just the extracurricular activities uh, and, and productions that we rehearse for after school, right? I can I can have um, seniors come in and take, you know, an adult tap dance class, or we can have a yoga class that's like centered on theater, um, theater arts, you know, it's just I can, I can sort of be a little bit more creative with more space, but it's a, it's a, a 66 plus million dollar uh, expansion. I should say build. It's not even an expansion. It's a build. And it's right at the gateway to downtown. So right now they're building an AC Marriott right next to where the theater is being built. And who's building out the sets and such for the different shows? So we have a production team. So when I say professional theater, you know, think of think of the Walnut Street Theater in Philly sure. or Paper Mill Playhouse up in North Jersey. Um, that's sort of where we are, right? We're going to be a big organization. I mean, we sort of already, we're, we're, we're about mid-level um, but once we're in this new space, um, you know, we have a whole uh, separate building just for production. In fact, um, we partnered with a local company here in Naples um, where they are going, we're, we're sort of investing at the same time in building our own brand new production shop that's triple the size of what it is right now um, because we're going to have two performance stages in our new theater. So we're going to have the main stage um, that seats about 350 people. It'll have a mezzanine and box seats on the, mm. on the level. And then we have a studio theater that seats about 150 people. And that stage can be reconfigured in any way you want. So what do you think it is? So post, well, I, I don't know if we're ever post COVID, right? Cause COVID's always going to be a thing, but post like the throes of COVID, 
I had gone to see Hamilton with my sister in New York. And I think it will always be a core memory for me because they were still checking COVID cards. And I was so excited because during COVID, all I did was really watch Ham- and listen to Hamilton. And I just remember the ticket person coming through the line and being like, welcome back to Broadway, folks. Welcome back. And it was so exciting. What do you think it is about theater that's so special to people? And is it that way for you as well? I love that question because I think about that often. Um, and especially over the last few years, right? Like we were not able to gather and experience things together. And I feel like those are the the best memories we have are when we're finally able to get together and have shared experiences. And it's one thing to go into a movie theater and watch something, you know, on a 2D screen, sometimes 3D if it's, you know, Avatar. But it's another thing where you get to walk into a theater with other people and, and that feeling of, getting ready to be told a story by real people live on stage and and experiencing those emotions collectively. There's a study out there um, and Kristen, you know, our CEO, she always says this, this statistic and it's kind of interesting that there's a study out there that says, you know, when, when people are in a theater and they're experiencing something together, um, whether it's something tragic or dramatic or comedic, um, that the beating of their hearts actually start to sink. And I think we don't really, we don't, you know, think about that in in real time. But if you do think about that actually happening, like think about when you, when you were in that theater in New York post COVID um, where people weren't allowed to do that. They weren't allowed to, to be told this story live. They had to watch it on Disney plus. Right. And it's just not the same. Mm -mm. It's, it's just, it's, it's another level of entertainment that doesn't exist anywhere except on stage. Um, and I'll give you another example. So uh, we have a partnership here. Uh, I, as the director of education, I, I partnered with many um, nonprofit organizations in town, one of them being the Naples Holocaust Museum. And with, with the Holocaust Museum, um, they provided testimonials of Holocaust survivors to us. And what we did is we took one of those survivor stories and we produced a 45 minute play based on the survival story. And so we actually have uh, four non-equity actors touring schools and churches and synagogues all around our region. Um, and it never fails when we go into a school and we talk to the teachers after, after seeing this production, you know, they tell me, this is so different than watching Anne Frank on TV or watching these interviews of these survivors on, on YouTube, right? Like this is something that we're feeling in the moment and we understand the, the cruelness of what this man experienced. Um, so I know that was a long-winded answer in response to your question, but, but theater brings people together for a shared experience. I always think back to, to 2020 and 2021 and you know, a world without art sounds really miserable and dark. And and um, I don't know where we would be without theater. Okay, fondest um, Rowan memory. It's kind of late in the game, but I I I, I loved graduation. We we graduated was, in the. Okay, sorry. Rowan. No, you can't rained, get aggressive with the guests. Well, it rained. So I think at that point it only rained maybe two or three times at a graduation and. My sister, who graduated in 2003, it rained on her graduation. So I never got to experience an outdoor rowing graduation. But I loved graduate. I loved being, it was in the gym. 
with all of my educate elementary ed and the the the, the physical education uh majors i sang the national anthem um, and I didn't tell my parents that I was going to do that. So I'm, I just walk on stage and they're looking at me like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I just start singing. That's so cool. Did the university book you or you just decided to do that on your own? <laughs> I, good question. I went to the Dean and I, she was also from Vineland. I just asked her, I said, Hey, I would love to sing the national anthem. And she said, okay. Wow. <laughs> I did. Wait, acapella, no, no backing. Nothing. Look at this guy. What's your voice part? A tenor. Peg Jeff yeah. a tenor. You don't know any of these things. Where no, no, I'm in music. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just kidding. Rob, <laughs> for little known fact, I didn't know about Rob until we knew each other like 10 years is that yeah. he's a mummer. Yeah, I don't tell everybody that. Oh, now yeah, everybody yeah. knows. So, Stephen, when you're in Naples, like you said, that a lot of the population is a little bit older. So do you get to um, educate any kids or is it mostly or is there people bringing their grandkids? Or I know you talked about some uh, classes that you yeah. were hoping to get back on. The population is definitely older than I would say, you know, South Jersey, where it's very residential and agricultural. But there's a huge school district here. I mean, Collier County, that's the county that Naples is located in, um, is actually a little larger than the size of Rhode Island. So it's a really big county with a very large school district. There are 50,000 kids in the schools. So there's like almost 40 schools, um, elementary, middle and high school. So it's a big district. And so a lot of those kids will come to the theater to to learn and to perform. So there's no shortage of kids by any means, and more just keep moving moving down because it is a really nice area to to, to live in. Um, it's also there are also areas that are socioeconomically disadvantaged. Um, there's a huge migrant community, and so um, having come from Vineland and having been brought up, raised, and then taught in Vineland. Uh, it, it kind of feels very familiar to me. So um, when I do uh, when I do have students that register for my classes that um, more or less can't afford the tuition, you know, we have scholarship. I make sure that, that, that there are scholarship programs in place so that we can just make our programs accessible for everybody. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you've combined your degrees and your passions and not a lot of people get to do that in life. That's a pretty cool thing. No, it's cool how it all worked out. We thank you so much for being on today, and we hope that you enjoy that Florida weather. Thank you so much. This is great. So Stephen not only taught in Vineland Public Schools for 11 years, but he he's like he's just really impressive because, you know, what we didn't ask him about. What's oh, that? man, I'm so mad. The 2022 Tony Award Honorable Mention for Excellence in Theater Education. We were just post interview talking, talking about, about the Tonys. The Tonys. How did he not say, Hey, I was nominated for a Tony. I guess he's a humble guy. I don't want to say anything about Steven, it. We're going to have to reconnect about that. But... Can we bring him back in here? No, <laughs> no Steve was great. He was so good. I love, I love an artistic folk. I feel like they're like my, my people. You did come at him a little bit aggressive in the one part of the show. What? Yeah. What? I, oh no, no. It was at the graduation. Remember he said graduation. Oh, well, he said was that his, was his favorite memory. I know, but you really came at him. Well, just because anybody that graduated in 2008 knows that it rained. And I feel like that was a period. It was different. It was way different than when it rains now. And it was like in the rec center. So it was just not, I mean, I also have the perspective of when I got my master's, I graduated on bunts. So on screen and it was beautiful. So it's a definitely a different experience and we can't control the weather folks. Sometimes it rains on graduation day, but I just think it's great that that's his favorite memory because 
I was so sad that it rained. <laughs> Look, he's living in Naples now. He couldn't care less yeah. about what's going on in Glassboro. Watching fireworks at night and being on the beach all no. day. But he still loves rowing, so that's very cool. We talked post these, wanted to come back and kind of ch- you know chat up the uh, the education folks and and, and the cotter farming arts. So it's great to be able to connect uh, you know alums like that back to campus. We'll be bringing back more fantastic alumni on Beyond the Brown and Gold. Just you wait and see. You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.